0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living the Dream Podcast, Episode 1. My name is Mike, and I'm glad that y'all are listening, and thank you for doing that. Uh, today, I'm going to tell you my story, kind of give you um, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now, get you uh, to, to where you can know me a little better, um, and kind of go over some of the reasons why I wanted to start this sobriety recovery podcast. Um I guess we'll get started. You know, I was born in 1971 in in Arlington, Texas. I believe, Uh, the reason I say I believe is because when I was 12 years old, I found out that I was adopted. Um, I never knew my birth parents, have no desire to meet my birth parents. The two people who adopted me, I'm gonna call mom and dad. Uh, Always have, always will. I love them to death, they love me. Uh, My childhood was awesome. You know, we we got to go on some trips, went went to Hawaii once, went to Germany. there was a lot of love in that house, a, a, a lot of love. Um, and when they told me I was adopted, I, I was shocked. You know, I, you know, I just, I, I don't know, I always you know, felt like I was you know, part of the family and they never gave me a reason not to, and I appreciate the hell out of that. Um, but when I did find out I was adopted, that kind of, uh, somewhere deep inside, that kind of started uh, festering this feeling of not fitting in. And I kind of had that growing up. It's like I was hanging out with my friends. I just, you know, wherever I went, whoever I was around, I just never, for some reason, I just never felt like I belonged. And and I couldn't really put my finger on it until later in life. You know, and going through, you know, elementary school, junior high was great. I went to uh, private school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. uh, And that's when I found alcohol, you know, just like some random kid would, would have a party and we'd go over there and we we drank, and it was fun, you know, because you were young and didn't know any better. Um, you know, and, and I liked the way it made me feel because when I drank, it allowed me to be somebody that I thought I needed the other people that they needed me to be, if, if, if that makes sense. Uh, it made sense in my head. You know, and then I, I went, you know, to high school and high school, it was... You know, I played soccer and I played golf, and and that was pretty much it. And I and I drank because, especially in high school, um, I wasn't the best looking dude. I wasn't the the strongest dude, the most athletic, the smartest. You know, the whatever. Um, and I kind of got picked on a little bit. Um, and it I wouldn't say bullied, um, even though that's the you know politically correct term now. It's just picked on. Just you know, just jocks did you know picked on you know people who weren't really jocks. If you didn't play football, you weren't in the clique. Um, you know, but I drank, and, and I drank a lot. And I fell in love with with alcohol just because of the way it made me feel. Graduated high school, knew I wasn't gonna go to college. I had no desire to, even though mom and dad wanted me to. Um, and so I enlisted in the United States Navy. And the only reason I enlisted into the Navy is because across the street from my high school, was the Navy Recruiting Office, and one thing led to another, and I went over there, and boom! Now I'm, you know, graduate high school, and a couple days later, I'm off to boot camp. I uh, went to boot camp in San Diego, and it was awesome. You know, it was it was tough, but you know, I felt like I accomplished something when I completed that. Uh, had a week off for leave, came home, you know, drank, partied, hung out with you know some of the people I knew in high school. Uh, one of my best friends at the time, he. uh, he was in the Marines, and so he had just completed uh, boot camp two, and he was fixing to get stationed to his A school. Um, so, I, you know, after that week, I went to Radioman A school, and that was um, interesting. You know, I was kind of out on my own for the very first time. I was 18 years old, I was in you know, the Navy, and there really wasn't a whole lot. Um, i that i expect i had honestly i had no idea what to expect so i got there the very first day we checked in checked into the barracks uh met a couple people and then i met a guy from texas and you know we kind of hit it off right off the bat and he's like hey um you want to go you want to go to bar and go drinking and i'm like uh hell yeah uh and he had a truck which which helped so we didn't have to take a taxi right so you know we picked up a couple girls who were in our class too, you know, we just met them, went out, had a great time. Then we went to the restaurant. It was like a, I forget the name of it. It was like a Denny's um, what we have here in Texas. Um, so we went there and you know, one of the girls got up to go to the bathroom and again, we're all pretty hammered just, you know, to clarify that in case you haven't figured that out yet. Uh, one of them went to the bathroom and she quickly came back. She said, Hey, they won't let me in the bathroom. I'm like, what do you mean? They won't let you in the bathroom like well there's people over there and they won't let me through and so not that I was macho not that I was you know hey I'm gonna you know whatever bow up and but I went over there to see what the issue was and you know it was it turns out that it was a local gang and there was I don't know probably about 20 of them there was four of us and you know I'm like hey dude you know you should just go to the bathroom and you know we kind of yap back and forth and Pretty soon I got cold cocked on the side of the head and, you know, I kind of fell down, got back up and, you know, here we go. The brawl is on. Um, Now, what I remember about that was after about, I don't know, it was probably like five minutes, but it felt like, you know, forever. Um, We couldn't find one of the girls. Well, turns out they drug her outside, kicked the crap out of her and threw her in the bushes. So, you know, cops came and, you know, management was... uh, call the cops, and, and so they show up. And so we, we didn't get arrested, thankfully, because, you know, security cameras and, and witness testimony, uh, you know, we didn't actually start it, we just, you know, got our ass beat. But, uh, so we, you know, took her to the hospital, and that was the first time I met my master chief, standing in the hospital, the very first night, I'm there, reporting for Radio 1A School, and he walks in, um, not off to a good start. And so that kind of um, set the tone for my uh, Navy experience. Let's, we'll we'll just say that. So we started school. School was going great. Um, The benefit for me as an alcoholic um, was there were three bars on that base. There was a bar that played country music, a bar that played R&B, and a uh, bar that played dance music. And they were literally right next door to each other. So, and I had uh, school at night. So we get up in the morning, We'd eat breakfast, we'd go work out, and then, you know, we'd do whatever we go to the beach, because, I mean, we're in San Diego, why not go to the beach? most beautiful place in the world. Um, and then at night, we, or in the afternoon, we'd go to school from like 2 to 8 or 10 or so, and then we'd get done with school, we'd go back, the barracks change clothes, boom, we were drinking. Um, and that went on uh, for a couple of weeks. then uh, one night we decided, after drinking, we were going to go. There was an island where you can actually have bonfires. And so we uh, decided to go over there. Well, you know, smarty pants me. I decided that I wanted to drive, and we ended up getting pulled over. Before we got off the base, I got busted for DWI, and that was the first time I got put on a restriction. Um, This, you know, my drinking and not showing up for class and missing some musters, that caused me to get kicked out of A school. And so they shipped me, uh, assigned me to the USS Dixon, which is a subtender in Point Loma, California, which is kind of right down the road from where I was at. A subtender is simply a, a ship, a smaller ship, still a ship, uh, that goes out and resupplies submarines. So we didn't really go out to sea all that much, um, which, again, benefited me for two reasons. One, we could go drink, you know, every night, uh, except when we had duty, obviously. Uh, we had to stay on the ship, but we weren't required to stay on the ship if, if you know, when the workday's over, we gone. Um, and the second benefit was this was one of the first ships in the Navy to actually have men and women on the ship so there was is probably half men half women and it was awesome um, a lot of good people I met a lot of good people um, went to a lot of good parties and then I met one of my uh, first girlfriends uh, like true honest to God hey you know we're a couple girlfriend boyfriend Um, and she was awesome. Um, she really was. She, and she's probably still awesome to this day. Uh, even though I haven't talked to her in in years. Um, you know, so that, 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 that worked out really well. Um, then after that, we, uh, kept drinking. Um, stuff happened. We got shipped over, uh, over to the Middle East. Um, and for some reason I just couldn't quit drinking Actually, I, I could quit drinking, but I chose not to, and the issue with that is then st- people started noticing it, and I started getting more trouble, getting put on restriction more. Who oh, bore you with the details. Anyway, uh, I got asked to leave the Navy um, after almost three years, and so that was kind of depressing, so I came back home to Texas, got a job working at a hardware store, um, didn't really like that. I missed California, and I missed the people, and I missed the parties, and I missed the I missed the beach. And so one Friday, I uh, got paid. I got in my car. I loaded everything in my, I went home to my little kind of apartment townhouse thing. Um, bought two cases of beer and 22 hours later I was, uh, got, you know, and drove out there 22 hours later. I was back on the beach in San Diego, California. Um, and this is where my alcohol and, uh, Drug addiction kind of uh, took a turn for the worse. I ended up living with um, one of the guys I, I served with. Uh, he was him and his wife were nice enough to take me in. Uh, but then I found the um, at the time what I thought was the greatest thing on earth, crystal meth, um, and we snorted that stuff like it was going out of style. And I, I honestly, to God, I don't know how we pay for it because um, I didn't have a job. I didn't work. I basically just you know stayed drunk and high all day. Uh, we partied a lot. Um, then, you know, that kind of started waning on her. And so they, uh, again, they, you know, asked me to leave, which, you know, I, I in hindsight, I really surprised they let me stay there as, as long as they did. Um, you know, so now I had, I had a car, uh, sleeping in my car and then I started running out of money. And so the only logical explanation that I could come up with, I'd just sell my car. So I sold my car and ended up uh, living on the streets uh, for a while. And then uh, until I kind of had enough. And I I knew my uncle lived out there. He lived in Simi Valley, which is, I don't know, a couple hours away. I think it's an hour north of L.A. I'm not really sure. Um, But anyway, so I called my parents. Uh, It's my dad's brother. Uh, I guess they called him. He came down, picked me up. Uh, and then took me back to his house and took me to my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. I, uh, the only thing I really remember about that is it was in a, it seemed like a, a warehouse. And there were just rows and rows of metal chairs. Um, and I met a couple people. I have no idea who the hell they were because, you know, I was kind of still in the funk. Uh, stayed sober for a little bit. I finally moved back home, back in with my parents to Texas. Um, and my dad took me. You know, we, he, he knew where a meeting was kind of close to our house and we went there. Um, and I, you know, I'd stay sober for, you know, a couple months Then I'd go drive, find a reason to go drink. Um, purely out of boredom, just, it wasn't like I, I missed it. It was just, I really, I really enjoyed the way it made me feel because again, you know, I would, I would, if I was hanging out with, with, with people who, you know, were cowboys, I would dress the part, and I'd talk the part, and I'd act the part, and I'd make up some story so you know to f- kind of fit in to be believable. If I was hanging out with bikers, same thing. If I was hanging out with with yuppies, it's the same thing. You know, I I, I felt like I had to put on a show because if they really knew me and how vulnerable and how immature and how um, how much of low self esteem I had, there is no way that they would like me. And and that was my thought process. So I stayed sober for a little bit. Met um, met one of my wives uh, in the group, and then we ended up moving to Oklahoma, where she was from. Uh, had our daughter, who uh, is just awesome. She is uh, she's now a mother of her own. Has my grandson, which is badass. Um, but you know things didn't really work out. You know we were both sober for a while, and then and then we weren't. And when we were sober and we were together, everything was great. When we were together and not sober, everything was not not really great. Um, so we ended up getting a divorce. I moved back down to Texas. It's um, where I met my current wife, um, who is is a a very major uh, and integral part of 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 putting me on the right track, and and not, and not so much. Um, by threats, just by the way she, she, she loves me, um, and loved me when I couldn't love myself. And, you know, she loved me enough where, until I started loving myself. Um, so she is, yeah, she, man, she means the world to me. Um, you know, and so I was sober when I met her, I, um, I ended up drinking here here and there and, and we ended up getting married. And then we, we got divorced because, you know, I went back to drinking and she just kind of, you know, she wouldn't put up with that shit. And I, again, I <clears throat> I don't blame her. Um, so I ended up moving to Granbury. Um, and you know, I stayed sober for a little bit, uh, and, and convinced her to take me back. Uh, so we got remarried and we've been remarried for 15, 16 years now. I really don't remember. Um. But yeah, it's, and so my drinking, they say it's a progressive disease and it is, uh, in my case, it, it it just, it just come, you know, I can stop drinking for a while. My, my issue was I couldn't stay stopped and it was, it was just a, a constant, um, self loathing. Um, I hated you, but I hated me more. You know, I, I, it was to the point where. Uh, In my apartment, when I lived in Granbury, I I took out all the mirrors. I could not stand to look at myself because I did not like how I felt. I did not like how I was acting. I did not like, uh, I liked nothing about me. And there was nothing that anybody could say. There was nothing anybody could do. There was no, um, there was just nothing that could change that, I thought. So, you know, Jackie and I got remarried, I moved back um, where we live now, and um, I stayed sober for a little bit, and then um, it was pretty much, I just, I, I just stopped going to meetings. Um, you know, you stop going to meetings, and pretty soon you, uh, you, you know, Cunning, baffing, powerful as this disease is, it will tell you that you don't have an issue and you can go back and, and drink and it'll be different this time. But it wasn't different. Anytime. It was the same. It was good for a while. And then it just, it was every day. It was waking up and the only thing I wanted to do was 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 get drunk and, and I didn't drink because I liked the taste. I didn't drink because I liked to go hang out with people. I wasn't a social drinker. I'm still not, I'm not social. I'm not really antisocial. I just don't like people. Um, big difference. But you know, I wanted to change the way I felt because when I woke up in the morning, I hated myself. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch, right? And it was, that self-loathing is the only way I can really describe it. But, you know, I thought I was smart. I could outsmart this thing. Because I'm a pretty intelligent guy. You know, it took me 27 years to, to get a college degree, but hey, I have a college degree. Now, saying all that, my, my alcohol addiction and my low self-esteem and my grandiose ideas of who I think I should be and what I think I should do, the, the only solution I had to stop this 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 carnage of, of wreckage that I have created in my life and everybody else around me's life was I was just going to end it all. That was it. Um, I wouldn't have to worry about me. They wouldn't have to worry about me. They could go on, live happily, you know, and I wouldn't destroy uh, anything else. And I'd be, you know, mm-hmm. oh, he, yeah, he was a a pretty nice guy, I guess, right? And that's kind of what I thought everybody would, would, you know, eulogize me as. Um, Turns out, God wasn't done with me yet. Uh, May 6, 2010, I was in my garage and I was ready to just end it all. Um, Yeah, there's a plan. And I don't know what kind of... uh, Spiritual path anybody's on, and it really doesn't matter who you choose to call God. You know, God is you understand Him, whatever you believe or don't believe, it doesn't matter. But I, I firmly believe that there is is some power in the universe greater than me that could pull me out of that that just dark anger, hatred um, abyss, and lift me out of it and show me that there is a better way to live. And So on May 7th, I walked into uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, first person I saw was a guy from uh, the group I attended before. And then I met a guy who at this current time uh, of recording has almost 57 years of continuous sobriety. Um, two gentlemen who are very inspirational in my sobriety uh, always have been, always will be. Uh, met some really good people. Uh, started going to meetings. I go to meeting every day, and what they taught me was how to learn not to love me, but to like me. I had to like me first before I love me. They they taught me that everything's going to be okay, no matter what, as long as I don't take a drink one day at a time. My the trajectory of my life will keep increasing. And, you know, I didn't really understand what the hell they were talking about then. I do now, but I just was like, you know what? I, I have no other option. I got no choice, man. Let's, 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 let's actually dive in and let's do this thing. Uh, and so we did, you know, we worked through steps, you know, got into the book, um, went to a, a whole lot of meetings that were, um, and, and it's funny because even today I've never gone to an AA meeting where I didn't take something from it. I have never gone to a bad AA meeting. Now. That's not to say that they're out there. I just haven't found one. Um, And my day of grace is May 7th of 2010. That's a little over, uh, just over 12 years. Uh, 12 years and a couple days. And in that time, I have never gone to a bad AA meeting. Um, Today, I have no desire to drink. I have no uh, thoughts, romantic thoughts of it. Uh, To me, that stuff's poison. And the benefit of being sober. Let me, let me, let me. And this kind of goes to why I wanted to start this podcast. I am full of gratitude every morning that I wake up. And it, the, the number one thing that I'm grateful for is the fact I got to wake up. I didn't have to come to, I didn't, I, I, I know what I did yesterday. I, I know where I'm waking up. I know who's beside me. I know who's in my life. I know, you know, kind of what's, what, what's happening around me. Um, because for the longest time I had no idea, nor did I really care. You know, today I actually care. It's amazing when I wake up and it's just that, just that, that, that feeling of, Hey man, we got one more shot at this, right? Let's go kick some ass today and piss gratitude. You know, I t- text one of my friends almost every morning, uh, my best friend, Jake, I love that guy. Um, he, he is a very, an in, in, in integral part of my sobriety. Uh, like I said, he's my best friend and, and he's, he's very inspirational, uh, to me cause I have never met a more positive energetic let's go kick some ass today and whatever we're doing flipping burgers or you know washing the car mowing the whatever you're doing man be the best you can be you know and so i'm incorporating that in my life you know he's a great dad he's a great friend he's a you know he's a great husband he's just he's just he's just awesome um and being sober has allowed me to to have the opportunity to be around people like that right because I don't know about you, but I can feel energy from people, right? You just you just feel it. See, the negative energy. You can feel that. It's like I don't want to be around those people anymore, right? But then the positive people. If you if you if you exude positive and 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 confidence and and gratitude and just man, the the people that you attract or the people that that you're attracted to, it's just in one big gratitude fest. And I know that sounds kind of corny, but if you're in it, man, it's just. It's just awesome, you know, and it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter, um, you know, where you live, your economic situation. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your sexual orientation, or your religion, man. If you, if, if you are just the, the, you, be a better person than you were the day before. That is my goal every day. Obviously, it's not to drink. Yeah, I don't drink one day at a time. That's, that's kind of given for if you're in recovery. But, you know, my goal is to be a better person than I was yesterday. A better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better uh, employee, a better, you know, whatever, you know, dog owner, cat owner, whatever, right? It'd be a better whatever than you were yesterday. And, and, and because I make that my goal, I try to serve others also with, with that same, with that same passion. Um, because I honestly believe what we give out, we receive tenfold back. You know, why not wave at somebody, give them a smile? Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever. You know, even if you don't know the person, like, Hey, you have no idea what's going on in that person's life. You have no idea. Why not try your best to spread a little bit of happiness, a little bit of goodness with all the craziness that's going on in the world today, man. We got to do our best to be more positive and more and, and just and more grateful and happy. Um, and where the name of this podcast came from is everybody, you know, asked me, hey, how you doing today, Mike? I'm like, oh man, I'm living the dream because I am. Because there are things I'm doing today. I, I there, there are things I get to do today that honestly, when I was drinking, I could only dream about. Yes, it took me 27 years, but I have a college degree. I got a house. Not a big house. It's a moderate house, small house. Hey, but it's my house. Right? I got a car that runs. Uh, I got two chickens, two dogs, and a cat that love me. I got three children who love me. You know, one, again, you know, my oldest... You know, she's 25 and, and you know, has a two-year-old, a two-year-old grandson. I have another one who just turned 23 and she's in the Navy and she's serving over in Italy. God bless her. You know, and I, and I got a 15-year-old son who starts high school next year. Um, I am blessed. And I have a wife who loves me. I have a wife who loves me and she has seen me at my lowest point. And now she gets to see me at, at one of my highest points. Uh, because I am high today. I am high on life and I am high on gratitude and I am high on the, the fact that, that my higher power, my spiritual watcher has, has blessed me enough to where I can have certain people in my life. I can be in certain situations when, where hopefully to be an inspira- a positive inspiration to somebody else say, look, dude, you may be going through some crap, but it will get better on the other side. Here's, here, here's how I know that. Here is my story. This is what I've been through. This is where I was. And now this is where I am. But this is what I did to get to where I am. You know, and it, it, somebody said, and I don't know if it was Zig Ziglar or somebody, you know, one of the motivational speakers. And I heard it one time and, I, and if, I, if I remember who it was, I would give them credit. They said, if you want to be successful at something, find somebody who has been successful at that and do what they did same way in recovery if i want to be successful living sober one day at a time i'm going to find someone who has has been successful for longer at, at sobriety than longer than i have and i'm going to do what they have done because if here's my thought process again i'm kind of intelligent not really but i think i am if I do what they did, maybe I can get what they got. So that's why I came up with the Living and Dream podcast. That's my motivation behind starting a uh, sobriety recovery website or a website, a, a podcast. Uh, I don't know if this is going to help anybody, um, but, it, but it's, it, it's good for me. Um, to get this out there because I have to remind myself of what I used to be, how I used to feel, so I can be just that that much more grateful today that I am not that I'm not that guy. And hopefully, if I don't drink one day at a time today, I won't ever have to be that way. I won't have to be that guy. I won't have to feel that way. I won't have to treat people uh, with with negativity and and and. I don't have to go back to that dark abyss. Um, Because, you know, living in the light is a hell of a lot better. Uh, I guess we're going to end the podcast there. I will, uh, again, I appreciate you guys listening. And I will uh, talk to you in the next episode. Thanks.